My name is Cliff. I am a grateful uh, recovering, recovered uh, compulsive overeater. And uh, just to, and, and, I, and I thank you and I thank God and I thank this program for, for me even being here and being able to, to, to share my story. Um, I didn't really have a story before. I was just drowning in, in junk food. And, um, you know, and, and now actually God has given me a story to tell. Um, I have a, uh, you know, when I, when I started program, I have, a, I have a picture here. This is actually before being in program. I was doing triathlons, Olympic distance triathlons, weighing 385 pounds. And, uh, uh, and, and before you get the idea that, okay, he lost all his weight by over-exercising, I had to quit exercising in order to lose weight. Uh, it was what I was putting in my mouth. It was what I was putting in my head. It was uh, uh, putting between my ears, things that I was looking at, whatever it might've been. All of those things were, were pollutants of the, uh, of, of the spirit. And, uh, and today, and actually I got on the scale yesterday and, uh, and I saw what I weighed and I decided I would look back to a year ago and I weighed the same from a year ago during the pandemic and everything else. I mean, you know, so uh, that's, that, is, that is just a miracle for me. And the, and the miracle is that, you know, in part, I really had no expectations when this program. And uh, I mean, I, everything that I had ever tried to do, you know, was successful for a very short period of time. But then it, uh, you know, you know, I, I could have lost up to about. Uh, I never quite lost a hundred pounds, but I did. It, you know, get, came close a few times, and always gained more back. And um, you know, and I had I had done all sorts of things, but it wasn't until I was uh, tricked into coming into the room on April first, two thousand seven. So it's been fourteen years. Uh, April Fool's Day, I figured was the perfect day to, to be there, um, that I learned a little bit, so little, that, um, but I kept coming back. I kept coming back, and I kept doing this program, and it's one day at a time. And, and since this was about uh, literature, uh, the thing, you know, and I, I, I wasn't a big, I was, I was more of a tools user. I, I went ahead and had created eventually a, a sheet of paper that on that sheet of paper, I incorporated all of the tools and they didn't have an action plan at that point in time, but that really became that sheet of paper became my action plan because everything on it dealt with, you know, um, my plan of eating for the day, my, you know, there were prayers and, and, and so there was literature on there, the steps were on there. Um, the name of my sponsor was on there and his phone number and the time I was supposed to call him and the names of, of other people and the meetings that I could go to. Uh, you know, there, there was even a little space for me to do a little bit of writing where I could write out a slogan or two. And that was enough for me to at least qualify to do a little writing that day. And it could have been something just like, you know, one day at a time, you know, uh, one of my favorites, if you focus on the recovery, you'll lose the weight. If you focus on their weight, you'll lose the recovery. But uh, sort of my favorite 
is that um, you know making phone calls and and really what I I started thinking about this and this was only recent uh, fairly recent is that I realized that uh, every outreach call that I make is uh, I work the 12 steps in it. And it doesn't have to be, oh, gee, Cliff, did you do thus and such? No. What it is, is that when I pick up the phone, I am basically, and by my action, I am admitting that I am powerless and that my life has become unmanageable. And I'm going to pick up the phone at that time. That is just a physical manifestation of that admission. And then when I dial the number, your number, someone else's number, I am saying that there is a power greater than myself that can restore me to sanity. And at that moment, it's going to be you or it's going to be somebody, you know. And, and when I wait for it to ring and, uh, and don't hang up like a kid in high school going out for a date and nervous or something like that, that I have made a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand it. And, and so that's the third step. And usually in that, in that conversation, um, there is, uh, we will discuss fear, resentment, you know, ego, selfishness and self-centeredness and dishonesty. So those are the, the, the four that are actually in the paragraph between the promises, you know, where, where it talks about the, you know, it doesn't say if they, they come up, it says when they come up to ask God to remove them. And to um, and and then you know then tell somebody else. Well, who better to tell than to you on the phone? You know, I've got you on the phone, and so we can talk about it. And I can tell you that you know there's there's uh, a little trepidation, whatever it may be, and uh, you know. But then so we talk about step four. We talk about step five. You know, because I've shared my fear, resentment, selfishness, or dishonesty. And I actually have an acronym of Alfredo because I, I realized that it was, at first I thought, well, it, the, the four of them are Fred. And if you, I, I said, well, my wife wouldn't want me to, uh, to or excuse me, um, my uh, women would not want to have Fred in the room, but maybe Frida. So we'd added an A to it. And I figured that was anger you know, and anxiety. And so I said, well, damn, I want to get rid of those too. I said, so, but I don't want Frida in the room with my wife. So I said, well, how about, you know, Alfred? And, and so I, I figured that then that covered lust too, you know, but then I said, well, no, wait a minute. I don't want, I, you know, Alfred sounds so old fashioned. I'll just, you know, why don't I add an O? And we know that Alfredo sauce is not good for us. So it's not the name, it's just, you know, and, and that st stood for overwhelmed. So now I have anxiety and anger and lust and fear and resentment and uh, ego, you know, selfishness and self-centeredness, dishonesty, depression, and being overwhelmed. So all that in that acronym, and I can deal with that in, in my fourth and fifth and, and actually in my 10th step as well, my daily uh, inventory. So I've done that. I've, I've worked through steps, uh, you know, step six and seven, you know, because I'm, I'm asking, am I entirely ready to have God remove those defects of character? The assets that I have, what I'm, I'm measuring those things. I'm usually the person that I've hurt the most is myself. 
and I have to apologize to that little boy who I could not protect and I didn't know how to protect him, but today I do. And my amends is my living amends that I will continue to try to do my best to protect him and to protect me. Um, and, uh, and, you know, part of that is practicing anonymity and, uh, you know, and giving service. And then we go into step 10. Well, we've already done step 10. We went through the fear through, through all those things. And 11, you know, prayer and meditation. Well, I figure that when I'm talking, I'm praying. And when I'm listening, I'm meditating. So we, we've done that too. And, uh, and then, and my goodness, we've carried the message of recovery to another compulsive overeater in step 12. And, um, you know, uh, and, and, and it says in the, in the big book somewhere, something about nothing will so much assure your recovery as one alcoholic talking to another alcoholic, sharing their experience, strength, and hope. And that's what we do in the, in the 12 step. And that's what we do in phone calls. And I make those three phone calls. I usually will make three phone calls a day. I'm not perfect, but I remember at uh, an AWOL that I went to, um, which is a way of living, uh, that the, um, I, I'm, I, I was supposed to make three phone calls a day in order to be a part of that. And I got home, I was able to make two of them and I fell asleep. I fell asleep and I woke up at two o'clock in the morning in Dallas, Texas. And, and I'm going, holy crap, who am I gonna be able to talk to? I can't call anybody here. I couldn't call the East Coast. I couldn't call the West Coast because it was midnight there. So well, I could call Hawaii. And I said, but I don't know anybody in Hawaii, you know, not who's in program. And I thought, well, you know, um, where could I find a name? Where could I find Five number? minutes left. How much? How much? Five? Five minutes left, yeah. I said, well, where could I find a number? And uh, I thought, well, maybe they have an online newsletter. That was back when we used to have newsletters. And, uh, and some people do. But anyway, um, uh, I couldn't find one. And, and then I realized, okay, I can go. I can go to the OA website. I can look up OA meetings in Hawaii and I could look for the contact names. And I did, and I looked for those contact names and I started calling the list. And I must've called eight or nine people leaving a message and everything else and saying, you know, and finally I got one person. And, and, and as soon as she picked up the phone, I said, okay, good, I've got credit. Yes, they may still kick me out because Cliff, you violated the rules. It was two o'clock in the morning in Dallas. It doesn't count. You're in the next day. But, uh, but, but they didn't. And, and then the surprising thing was that the person who I talked to, aside from being stunned that she was getting a call from Texas and Hawaii, uh, you know, at, 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 I think it was nine o'clock or eight o'clock in the morning there, or eight o'clock in the evening there, um, you know, she thought, who is this crazy guy from Texas calling me? And I told her it was an outreach call and she was not abstinent at the time. And, um, and she had not thought about making outreach calls to the mainland and, uh, and she got abstinent. And, um, and we, we stay in touch, maybe, maybe once a year I call her now and, 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 and other people who I called and left messages and it reminded me of Bill W. 
in the in the uh, when he was at the Mayflower Hotel, and he went downstairs and uh, and he 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 passed by the bar and he could smell it and you know the 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 smell of alcohol, and and he had he got nickels in his pocket, and instead he went to the payphone. And if you've never been, it's a wonderful place to go to see. You know, uh, alcoholism was not part of my past. But I could still smell the the, the hors d'oeuvres that were cooked, you know. It's a uh, and uh, and and fed Nichols into the phone, but uh, and he went down that list until he got to the Reverend Tunk, and you know, but just making phone calls. And there were eight or nine phone calls that he must have made, and I felt like I was I was reenacting that in Overeaters Anonymous, and um, uh, and and so you know it is. Uh, you know the the telephone calls were a lifeline for me, and I was I was I was actually in a meeting uh, earlier, non non twelve step meeting, but uh, they were talking about grieving and coming out of this out of the pandemic and everything else, and um, and the people I find at least who have, are able to get through and weather the grief and everything else that we have um, are the ones who set up their safety net in advance. And part of that safety net is my phone calls. Part of that safety net is my meetings. And part of that safety net is having the big book nearby. And, um, you know, because even if I'm feeling down in the dumps, of course, I tell people, I said, you know, I, I still have an occasional pity party, but the difference between my pity parties and, and others were my mine used to be catered. And, uh, you know, so uh, they, they're no longer catered and they don't last very long. So, uh, and if it can happen for me, it can happen for anybody. I mean, I weighed 385 pounds when I came into this program. I weigh 195, 199, and, uh, and have for the last, my clothes all fit. Uh, you know, uh, that's, that's an absolute miracle. Uh, my life fits better. My, uh, you know, if you've, if you've ever been in and, and had a, uh, uh, you know, tried on a suit off the rack, it's one thing, but then when you have one that's custom done, you know, it's an incredible different experience. And that's what I like. Thank you. Uh, I used to liken my, my recovery to, uh, you know, when you, when you, you know, when you see a candle and you blow that candle out and you see that wisp of smoke go up and you look back at the candle and you see it on the that that little orange ember on the end of the wick. That was me when I walked into the rooms on April first, two thousand seven. I was just waiting to die. And it was only in this room, and it was only in this fellowship, it was only with a power greater than myself that you all kept gently blowing on that little orange ember until it came back to full flame. And once it comes back to full flame. I can light my own path and I have to help light others' paths. I can't do anything more. And with that, uh, may, you, may you be a light and um, just grateful to be here. With that, I'll pass.